From Equity Meets Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. At Europe's airports, a summer of chaos. Air travel chaos. We've all heard the anecdotal reports or experienced it for ourselves. Luggage lost, flights cancelled and delayed, hours long security lines. And the general unrest from travellers is being directed at both airlines and airports. It is great news uh, that demand has returned, that passengers have uh, both the income and the inclination to get back in the skies. Plenty of COVID impacted industries are returning to normal. Theme parks are reopening, cruise ships are sailing and restaurants and bars are humming, but not air travel. Instead, we have airlines blaming airports and airports blaming airlines, all the while travellers waiting in longer lines. It's Wednesday, the 27th of July, and today I want to know who's ultimately at fault, the airlines or the airports? And when can we expect this situation to return to normal? To do this, I'm joined for the very first time by my colleague here at Equity Mate, Simon Harvey. Simon, welcome to The Dive. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Sasha. It's great to be here. I'm very excited for this episode on the aviation industry. Uh, My wife actually used to work as cabin crew. My best friend works in the air cargo industry. And I actually had a few years in the industry myself working in jet fuel supply. So it's definitely a topic close to my heart. Simon, this is why I love having different guests on the dive. I had no idea that this was a topic that you knew so much about. So I'm really excited to dig into this with you today. It's a global phenomenon, isn't it? The world has slowly reopened from COVID. Cruise ships, as I said, sailing, theme parks are back and restaurants and bars packed. But air travel has just struggled to return its pre-COVID operations. So why don't we begin with a sense of the issues all around the world? Where should we start? Well, Sasha, there aren't many airlines or airports in the world that have avoided issues. So maybe let's start with a bit of a game. A game? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Every continent has seen massive delays. So have a guess which airline has seen the most delays. I'm going to go with one of the ones I used to use in the UK, which would be EasyJet. Not a bad guess, Sasha, but it's actually Ryanair who tops the list. Ah, that was the next one on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) So Ryanair is top, and this is actually reflected throughout Europe. It's probably been the worst hit. So let's start there. Travel chaos across Europe. Thousands of flights cancelled, mountains of lost luggage, and soaring prices. Airlines are advising passengers to arrive five hours before their flights to get through security. London's Heathrow Airport has decided to cap the number of departing passengers to 100,000 a day to try to minimise delays. In Amsterdam, Schiphol Airport, which is Europe's third largest airport, has been cancelling hundreds of flights and they've actually seen half of its flights in July delayed and like Heathrow, they've capped their outgoing passenger numbers. And today, as we're recording, Lufthansa in Germany is actually grounding all their flights. All their flights. That's that's really dire if you can't even get one plane off the ground. Airport workers are also striking in the German cities of Hamburg and Frankfurt. The German government is fast-tracking visas for workers from Turkey to bridge the gap. And we're seeing strike after strike. In Germany, as I mentioned, Lufthansa, this is caused by a ground staff strike. Across Europe, nearly a 1,000 Scandinavian airline pilots. In Paris, workers at Charles de Gaulle. And in Spain, Ryanair cabin crew. Well, that paints a fairly dire picture of what's happening in Europe. So let's now travel across the Atlantic to America. Air travel chaos is also disrupting their plans as well. What's going on in the US? All right, Sasha, let's play the game again. 
Which airline do you think has been hit the worst in North America for delays? Well, look, Simon, this is just testing my airline knowledge. So I'm going to go with Delta Airlines. They're the only ones I really know. It's actually Air Canada. Airlines from Canada were the most delayed of the entire world. We had heard from uh, officials that these delays have been felt everywhere in the world, but now we know it's the worst here. Like we've seen in Europe, North America has also been bad. The Bureau of Transportation Statistics say almost 90,000 flights were cancelled throughout May and bags are going missing. According to The Guardian, six bags out of every 1,000 are actually being lost by US airlines. Well, I think anytime you sell a ticket and collect revenue in exchange for a promise to get somebody from point A to point B, you need to be prepared to actually do that. But my favorite story, Sasha, US Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg met virtually with airline executives to discuss the problem of flight cancellations. And then guess what? Days later, his flight from Washington, D.C. to New York was actually cancelled. Uh, it's very important that, uh, that the airlines and that the system are prepared to get them where they need to be. Let's not pause in the U.S. Let's keep going with our round-the-world ticket. So from America, we're going across the Pacific into Asia. Hopefully we're not delayed. Can you tell me what's going on there? All right, Sasha, last chance of the game, Asia. <laughs> Which airline do you think's had the most delays? Oh, gosh, again... Lack of airline knowledge here. I'm going to go with Cathay Pacific. How are they been doing? Not a bad guess, but it's actually an airline called Vietjet, and they've had a quarter of their flights delayed in Asia. Hours-long security lines, flights delayed and cancelled. We were stranded, two young children. What are you doing? Asia hasn't seen the same influx of tourists as Europe, but they're still seeing a lot of issues. More than 30% of flights to and from Manila and the Philippines are delayed. More than a quarter to and from Hanoi and Vietnam. And the Chinese airlines are struggling. 13% of China Southern Airlines and 10% of Beijing Airline flights have been delayed. Okay, so it doesn't sound quite as bad as Europe or even America, but uh, still obviously affected. So finally, let's close it out a little bit closer to home, something that's probably affecting you and I a bit more. What's going on in Australia? Travellers are being warned to brace for long queues and delays at airports around the country this morning. And I find this hard to believe, Sasha, but according to The Guardian, Australia's leading airline, Qantas, is reportedly losing one in ten bags at Sydney Airport. Is there anything worse than when you're traveling than having your luggage lost? I mean, that's got to be one of the worst things to interrupt a holiday. Absolutely. Qantas outsourced their baggage handling to Swissport and they reported that out of the roughly 100 barrows or luggage trolleys, if you like, that they manage in a day, these days there are about 10 barrows each day that just don't make it on the plane. And Sasha, to save you asking about the rest of the world, trust me, the problem, it's everywhere. I'll give you a few stats here. Africa, Egypt Air, delaying 20% of flights. South America, Aeromexico, 20% of the flights delayed. In the Middle East, Fly Dubai, Turkish Airlines, delayed more than 30%. And Jazeera Airways, they've delayed almost 50% of their flights in the Middle East. Air travel chaos is a global phenomenon. You know, you're really making me rethink any holiday plans that I had for the rest of the year. That's a pretty comprehensive look at air travel issues. And it's clearly not isolated to one country or one company. As you said, it's a global challenge. So let's take a quick break. And then I want to ask you the big question that so far we've avoided answering, which is who's to blame? Is it the airlines? Is it the airports? And crucially, when can we expect these issues to be sorted? 
are still hearing, though, of many flight delays and cancellations. Travellers have been forced to wait in the cold and massive lines snaking outside. Just when you thought the problems at the airport couldn't get any worse, Alicia. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, I'm joined by my colleague Simon Harvey, and we are taking a look at air travel chaos enveloping the globe. And Simon, I really want to answer the big question, which is who's at fault? Is it the airlines or is it the airports? I'm sure you won't be surprised to learn that the airlines blame the airports and the airports blame the airlines. That's not surprising at all. (laughs) So let me give you each side. Okay, well, let's start with the airlines case. Why are the airports to blame then? Airline executives are claiming the airports have been utterly unprepared for the influx of passengers. It's not as though people turn up unannounced to get on a plane. They do book these seats many months in advance. Why is it that the airlines have not been making sure they have sufficient members of staff? Ryanair, always good for a quote. The chief financial officer there, Neil Sorhan, said the airports, and I quote, had one job to do and they needed to be held accountable for, and I quote, not staffing up properly. On Thursday, Emirates said the industry faced Armageddon and pointed the finger at incompetent London Heathrow. And across the Atlantic, the chief operating officer of United Airlines suggested an internal memo that most of the delays and cancellations were in fact due to labour shortages in air traffic control systems at airports. So the airlines are blaming the airports for not staffing up properly. Now give me the airport side. Why are the airlines to blame? Basically, the airports are saying the airlines oversold the flights. They took more bookings than they could manage, and this has caused the cancellations and chaos. They then struggled to staff the flights they've sold, forced them to cancel and leaving passengers stranded. And then what happens when you get stranded passengers at airports? It has a knock-on impact to the whole system, and the airport breaks down. That sounds like a pretty reasonable argument. Yeah, London Heathrow blamed the chaos on a lack of ground staff employed by the airlines to check in passengers and organise luggage and suggested that airlines were, I quote, putting profit ahead of safe and reliable passenger journeys. To put some numbers to it, in the first six months of 2022, British Airways cancelled 3.5% of their flights and EasyJet cancelled 2.8% of their flights. And in the US, since the start of June, nearly 26,000 flights have been cancelled and 260,000 or 22% have been delayed, according to FlightAware, a flight tracking company. We have to ask our airlines why they don't forward plan. In America, airline executives acknowledge that they are overcommitted and have since reduced capacity by 16%, but it feels a bit too late. Simon, those are two convincing arguments, but I'm sure, as with most things in life, the truth lies somewhere in between. What's the case here? Yes, I think that's right, Sasha. And as the air travel chaos gets worse, we've seen some weaker and weaker excuses from airline executives. We saw the CEO of Australia's biggest airline, Qantas, blame passengers for forgetting how to take their laptops out of their bags when going through airport security. And he said they weren't match fit for travel. And my favourite, Sasha, the boss of Frankfurt Airport in Germany, he's blamed the chaos at airports on too many travellers having the same black suitcases. Well... I'm confident that black suitcases didn't cause all of these cancellations, though. That seems a bit far-fetched. So what is to blame here? One bit of context is the airlines received billions of dollars uh, during COVID and aid during COVID. Do they owe consumers more than what they're giving them now? And have they held up their end of the bargain? The travel industry, both airlines and airports, stood down a majority of their staff for two years, and they have struggled to staff back up. 
When COVID hit in 2020, the airlines and airports were given big support packages from governments. And to preserve cash flow, they actually offered many early retirement packages. And the oldest and most experienced staff took them. Fast forward two years, and overall staffing levels in the industry are actually close to their pre-COVID levels. It's just that now we've got a large number of inexperienced and recent hires, and they have been unprepared to manage this summer travel season. Add to that the ongoing COVID outbreaks amongst staff and travellers, extreme weather and a surge in demand to what was forecast. So the conclusion, unsurprisingly, is that an unprecedented global pandemic is to blame. Yeah, I think you're right there, Sasha. And I wish you the best of luck travelling next week. Hopefully you make it through and don't lose your bag. (laughs) Look, if I turn up to the office on Monday, then we know that it's been a success. I've managed to get on a plane that's lifted me up into the air and got to Sydney. Thanks so much for joining us for today's edition of The Dive. Remember to follow us on Instagram at thedive.businessnews is our handle. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it. Word of mouth is the best way for a podcast to grow. A reminder, if you're in the UK, we're testing Referomatic. Head to the link in the show notes to learn more. You can find yourself on a, well, hopefully not delayed plane to Australia. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show, Simon. It was wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me, Sasha. The Dive is a product of Equity Mates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. 